Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day. We've got plenty to discuss as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 434. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell about what the tape showed us from the Eagles' win over the Chicago Bears. There have been some cleaner wins from the Eagles this season, but it's important to come away with these type of victories throughout the year. Now, we also are going to discuss uh, the reported injury to quarterback Jalen Hurts. We are recording this late Monday night. A couple hours after the news is broken for a number of sources uh, throughout the uh, the course of the NFL media landscape. And uh, Jalen Hurts reportedly with a shoulder injury on his throwing shoulder. Not considered to be super serious in long term, but his status for Sunday or for Saturday night's game against the Dallas Cowboys is in doubt. So we'll talk with Greg about what the impact could mean for this Eagles offense, not just here for this week, but big picture here uh, with a potential injury to Jalen Hurts. And obviously with that, talk about Saturday. Saturday afternoon's matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, a lot to chew on anytime those two teams go head-to-head. Before we get there, a couple things we want to make sure we hit on. Make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. If you've got a question about this team going into the, uh, the the final stretch here, getting ready for the postseason, now's the time. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us that question in the comment box. We will answer it here in an upcoming episode. That said, let's get into it. My friend Greg Cosell right here in studio now for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, time to welcome in my friend Greg Cosell as we talk through uh, this Eagles win over the Chicago Bears. But I guess before we get there, Greg, let's start with the the big topic uh, that's going to dominate uh, Philly airwaves, I would think, for uh, the majority of this week, and that is the reported injury. And again, we don't have anything official as we sit here as of this recording to quarterback Jalen Hurts. Look, the the reports are saying right now that it would not be super serious. Uh, There have been some local reports that uh, if if this were a a playoff game, that he'd be good to go. There's all kinds of different uh, things out there. So with the thought that it's not super serious, what are your thoughts when you first got the news that uh, Jalen Hurts could miss some time? I guess my first thought was that despite the fact that it's the Cowboys, and we know how fans in in this area feel about the Cowboys, uh, that to me there's no need to push it. Yep. Uh, why play him? You're 13 and one. You have the best record in the NFC. That can't change this weekend, no matter what happens. The, the Eagles need to win one game in the next three, not this game. Right. They need to win one, one game, game in the next three so, in order to get that number. Again, one without having any details about the nature of the injury, as as you and I don't have at this point. Yep. And we may not have those details for three or four days. Yeah. Um, I my initial thought was, why push it? He's playing at a really high level. For the most part, the offense is playing at a pretty darn good level. Yep. No need to push it. Yeah, and obviously Jalen Hurts, you know, he is going to be working as hard as he can to, right. uh, to try and, and get back play. Out, he will want to play, right. of course. Uh, but uh, I think to your point, uh, this is a team that, you know, is on the precipice of what their goal was going sure. through the regular season, which was secure that number one seed, secure home field advantage. One win in the next three games gets you that goal. Doesn't mean so you, you can't need. get it uh, here this Saturday right. because you know Gardner Minshew is going to be uh, chomping at the bit right. for this opportunity. Right. And so, w- with that in mind, 
What do you, how do you envision uh, the offense changing and, and with, uh, with Gardner Minshew under center uh, as opposed to Jalen Hurts? You know, it's a great question because I think the obvious answer is, is the run game elements that that hurts is a significant part that of. That dynamic is removed. That yes. dynamic is removed. That, that's the obvious. Yep. We don't need to spend a lot of time on that. The big question to me is what happens with sort of the vertical passing game because to me the Eagles have evolved over the course of this season into a vertical pass team, whether it's by play call design or hurts pre-snap checks audibles. Bottom line is they take their shots down the field. Now, a lot of those are spot throws. It's not that Minshew isn't capable of those throws. Of course, right. But Minshew also has not been playing with Smith and Brown all season long. And when you make those throws, I think there's a trust and confidence factor. Now, those are spot throws, many of them. They're not truly vertical in the sense that he's just dropping back and and throwing it as far as he can. A lot of those are spot throws, but those are practice throws. And as I said, we've seen that evolve over the course of the season, Fran. So there's a chemistry and a trust that Gardner Minshew would not have with those receivers right now. So my guess is... I don't think they'll stop themselves from calling some here and there, but you may not see the same degree of efficiency on throws like that. Yeah, I, I think that that is something that would, would probably change. It yeah. would be the, the verticality uh, of the Seagulls' offense. Um, and even just looking at this week, uh, this was the highest average depth of target for uh, right. for Jalen Hurts uh, of the entire season. According to PFF, uh, just looking at it, it was 12.5 against the Bears. Actually, no, there was one game uh, week three against the Commanders. It was 13.1, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, um, yeah. where that average depth but, of target was. So, so again, attack down the field, right. probably not necessarily going to be the case. No, but- my guess is that when it's third and six in the fourth quarter and you're looking for a game ceiling play and he throws 68 yards to A.J. Brown, you might not get that play. Right, yep. Um, the other factor, and just throwing this out there, I want people to understand, sure. we didn't yeah. plan this. We, we, I mean, we, we plan nothing. We found out about this uh, right. and we don't not plan, that long ago. We don't plan our conversations. No, we do not. So, you know, you throw me stuff and I have my notes from watching the tape, but you don't say, hey, here's what I'm going to ask I you. I have no idea what's in your mind. You have no idea what's there, in my yes. notes, right. Right. The other thing that might be interesting, just just a totally extraneous thought. Yeah. I wonder if because he's very good and in the short intermediate area, if if it's Minshew, if Zach Pascal were to get more snaps. Interesting. Because I think he's a professional route runner. He has mm. a very good feel for finding voids and zones. I think he has a good feel for creating separation in versus man, even though he's not a burner, but he's a big body. I just wonder if it would be Gardner Minshew, if you might see more snaps for uh, for Zach Pascal. Yeah, and another player that obviously would benefit from that would be Dallas Goddard as well. It right. seems like Dallas Goddard on the precipice of returning. And, right. And so uh, him getting back into the lineup, I think that's a, he's a guy uh, that you would see uh, be targeted often in that area of the field. Right. Um, looking back at the numbers from the last time these two teams played, the Eagles and Cowboys back in week six, that was actually the Eagles' highest usage of multiple tight end sets was in week six against the Dallas Cowboys. So clearly the Eagles saw something in that game. That's sure. What we want to get Dallas and Jack Stoll and Calcaterra, those guys, out on the field. And so that might be a match. Well, they want to get Dallas in their big nickel. Dallas does not play. Dallas has not played one snap this year of what we would consider base defense with four down linemen and three linebackers. Their base defense is big nickel. And I think you probably feel you can attack them if you line up in multiple tight end sets. Because we have seen the Eagles through the course of this season kind of evolve into playing more out of 11 personnel. Uh, But... 
I think one thing we've learned is Nick Sirianni and staff, from an offensive perspective, are willing to do whatever they feel is necessary versus a specific opponent. I think adjustments by the staff have been really impressive to see. Yeah. It's not even just the, the mid-game adjustments. It's the uh, the midweek adjustments. Well, it's during, the game during, planning. During, during game planning. Right, exactly right. right. To say, hey, you know, this is where your weaknesses are. We will attack you there. Correct. Or when you get into mid-game, hey, this is what you're trying to take away from us. Okay, fine. We're going to try and do we're going to do X, Y, Z instead right. of ABC. Um, and I feel like that's always been a strength of this staff. Um, yeah, I think that's honestly at this point we'll probably have more later this week on the future uh, episode um, in terms of the Jalen Hurts sure. injury. Uh, but I think that's all we can kind of say as we see. No, there's nothing Monday more night. to say. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing more to really get into. Let's dig into what we saw here right. from the tape against the Chicago Bears. Uh, obviously, look, not, I said at the top of the show, not the cleanest performance nope. that we have seen um, from this Eagles offense. There were uh, a, a lot of plays left on the field for a multitude of reasons. So uh, plenty that they can work on in the meeting room here over the course of this week of preparation. Um, but I do think there were a couple of big things for me and and kind of resounding themes i would say number one uh the one thing i actually have at the top of my notes empty sets continue to be a really big weapon for this team you know and that again with Jalen right. Hurts in there the 22 yard touchdown run coming out of empty sets just looking at the numbers the eagles have averaged greg 9.1 yards per play out of empty this year leads the nfl by a wide margin the second highest team 8.1 yards per carry sorry 8.1 yards per play they use so, it selectively though because they do they don't if use you look at the stats yep. they're not among the league leaders in, the in empty sets empty yes. formations yep it just so, so happens. It right. feels like they, it feels like more because it feels like whenever they're in there, right. they're getting big plays, and, it, right. and the numbers kind of well. Bear that, that touchdown, out. of course, uh, the Bears went zero on it. And do you I think, think it was red zero pre-snap, or do you think he just saw the five v five on the on the uh, line of scrimmage? My sense, and it's only a sense because yep. I don't know. Of course, I think he read it. I, interesting. I think he read it. Yeah. And of course, I think they screwed up because Brisker and they, they went into the same gap. Same gap. They went right. into the same gap. Yeah, they're, they're but I think he read it sides, personally. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd love to know the answer to that. Right. Because third we, and eight, it's very unlikely that Nick Sirianni came out and said, hey, we're going to call QB draw here on third and eight. I, I, that, would, I, that would be my guess. I, I would agree with yeah. that. So, I, and you could see Jalen pre snap right. uh, adjusting things at the line of scrimmage. Right. So it looks like he definitely checked I think, into that. I call. think he read it. You know, Brisker. Again, I haven't studied every single Bear uh, defensive look in detail. Yep. You know, yeah. you'd have to spend a whole week doing that, yes. if not more. Right. This is what teams do with 20 coaches and, you know, personnel people. But Brisker is normally not in that position in yep. the Bear defense. Yeah. You know, he's not a, normally the post safety. Mm. And I, that, to me, would be an alert. That's sending alarm that, That's off. an alarm. Hey, why is he there? Yeah, right. Interesting. Especially yeah. when everybody else is looking like they're playing man coverage. Yeah. The way I kind of looked at it was that, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts gets the line of scrimmage. It's third and eight. Whatever pass play they had called right. at the time, he sees five guys in the line of scrimmage, no one at the second level, and Brisker, like, 10 right. yards off the ball, nine right. yards off the ball. And, and that says, could be it, too. Hey, hey, you know what? If I've got 5v5, my O-lineman against these five guys in the line of scrimmage. I feel pretty good about that. I'm good about that. Yeah. I'm going to go one-on-one right. with safety. And even if I don't get eight, if I get six or seven, we're going to go I'm, for we're it. Gonna go for we're going to go for it. Down. Yeah. And so that, that's, yeah. that was kind of how yeah. I looked at it. And then, uh, you know, Brisker comes down. He goes in the right A gap. No right. one's in the left A gap. Yeah. Uh, he go, he walks into the end yeah. zone, 22 yards. But uh, that just, it just occurred to me. I was watching that, you know, because whether it's yep. the QB runs, uh, the wide receiver choice routes, so those little option routes with Devontae Smith inside, or the, the deep balls. I mean, we've seen a lot of deep balls and, and slot fades, uh, you know, down the, down the side. Well, lines. I thought the slot fade this week to, to um, Smith. Yep was also a check at the line of scrimmage. Yep, right, which was yeah. last week. So that's two yeah. weeks in a row where Smith was 
I think that was empty too, wasn't it? Was it was empty too, I believe. Yeah, so last, Smith, last week it was, yeah. It was this week. Which um, Smith, 38, 38 yards. 38 yards, first half. Yes, yes. I um, I thought that he um, checked to that because he was in the boundary to the, he was the slot to the boundary, which yep. he was last week as well. Right. So I think when they see that and it's single high and, and he feels that it's man yep. based on the look, I think he makes that check. Yeah, and it's a, a great concept against single high man coverage right. because you, you've got that all the room along the sideline. Right. Uh, they do a good job of making sure that number one receiver was AJ Brown again on that right. play. Right, uh, Stay underneath, hold that corner there. Don't let him. Don't let him out sink. The window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just giving room, giving Jalen room to be able to drop that yep. ball down the side. I actually posted a clip uh, this week in the All Twenty Two Review where you see because uh, AJ Brown, his sixty-eight yarder, was a, a fade ball from a reduced split. It wasn't a slot right, fade right, per right, se. Right, it was basically right. the same throw, same right. route. Uh, and you see the same kind of coaching points from A.J. Brown and from Devontae Smith, you know, winning clean off the line of scrimmage, fighting through contact, holding the red line, looking the ball, all the different things you're trying to coach your receivers to do. Uh, and you see that, and it's just interesting because Devontae and A.J. couldn't be different, more different in terms of right. body type. Right. Sure. Uh, but their ability <laughs> yeah. to win in all of those ways yep. at all three levels yep. shows up on a weekly basis. No, no question. Um, and like I said to start, they're, they're throwing – you know whether it's it's checks at the line or whether it's play calls. Yep. Um, clearly, Jalen is very comfortable throwing that. Sirianni and staff they're very comfortable with him making those throws. Um, that's one area I think he's improved tremendously. Yeah, it's a great weapon for them against man-to-man coverage. And Without gonna question, see, they're going to see plenty of man uh, this week against the Dallas yes. Cowboys. The, yep. the, the Cowboys like to play man, so that's I think they have the highest about. percentage of cover one in the league. I believe so. Give me one second; I can pull that up. Uh, I know they are definitely in the top five. I think when you look, they're at, in the uh, top. They, they two, were definitely maybe. not. They were yeah. number. They were number one last year yeah, by like, yeah. a pretty significant margin. Uh, this year. Ba, 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 ba. I have it right here. This maybe they're one podcast. or two, maybe yeah, three they're, they're, at worst. Yeah, they're 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 in the uh, they're in the top. I have them at twenty four percent actually, according to PFF, which is uh, number eight. Which seems, no, that's, seems that's, low. That's I'll take low. a look. I'll take a look at that as we yeah, keep going that, here. That, that's, um, that's, but yeah. I, I think that uh, when you look at uh, that defense, you know, with the way that they played the last two years, they're gonna, yeah. you're going to see playing you're gonna man, see coverage, man coverage, especially on third yeah. down. Uh, so that is something to keep in mind there. Those uh, those slot fades there from the Eagles offense. Pass protection outstanding uh, Again, Chicago's pass rush was was. A non-factor. Non-factor. In this game. Um, yeah, yeah, and again, I, I mean, I see probably more tape of the league than you do. I, I don't believe there's a that's better. That's why you have pass, all those notes over there, right? I don't. I don't believe there's a better pass protecting O line yeah. in the NFL than the Eagles. Really strong, uh, and it shows up weekly. Yep. Um, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. I mean, Lane Johnson is ridiculous. Yes. Um, yeah, I, that's all I know from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, I, I, it just, wasn't one of those games where there was a lot. Obviously, yeah. they came in and chose not to run the ball in the, in the normal conventional run game. Yep. You know, one could nitpick that. Well, how come Miles Sanders doesn't get a touch until yep. the second quarter? Yep. One can nitpick that. Yep. And, and that's probably a valid discussion. Um, but, you know, this is a team that plays to the way they feel the opponent uh, – Demands. You and, know, and, and the thing too is that if we're if you're going to be really excited about oh like look at this RPO right, offense right, and how right, they're they're right. gashing people the the moment a team makes an adjustment and says okay we're going to force the quarterback to hold it you can't be really upset by that right, and say, oh, right, well, why, right. why would you do this you're going to stick with what got you there right right, right. So, so no I, I mean yeah yeah I, I think that's uh, a viable discussion certainly uh, going back and forth. 
Defensively, I just continue to be impressed by this unit. A really, really strong performance. Um, six sacks again, first time in team history. They've got three straight games with six or six. At They're going to end sacks. up with four players with ten plus sacks, which I don't think's ever been first done before. First time in league history. That would and happen. remember, we spoke last week. I mentioned to you that I thought that they were slowly increasing their their stun percentage. Yep. yep. That was very evident this week. I mean, Sweat had. It was so beautiful because Sweat had his two sacks yep. with TE stunts, meaning that the tackle Hargrave yep. goes first as the penetrator and Sweat is the looper. Yep. So that we call you know T, the letter. T, then e. The first letter is the one who penetrates. The second letter is the one who loops. Yeah. Then Hargrave gets the sack on uh, later in the game. Same two guys, but this time it's an ET stunt. Yep. Sweat goes first and Hargrave loops behind him. Yep. They're, they're doing a really good job with stunts. The last time I can remember a, a pair of Eagles defensive linemen running these like just having good because it requires a lot of timing and feel those two guys working you together to practice that yeah yeah no question um i remember like like fletcher and Vinny you know, really right, had a, right. really, really had a good sense of timing on those and it really seems like sweat and hargrave are, are paired up really really well from that standpoint um third down sacks they had four more in this game. Right. They've got 30 on the season. The second place team has 21. Just so yep. far ahead. They, they do such a great job of varying up their looks on third down from a coverage standpoint. Uh, I agree that they're, we're seeing an uptick in the stunt percentage. The Eagles have the They highest. win one-on-one a lot too, though. That, I well, mean, that's, se- yeah. separate from coverage, yes. guys win one-on-one. No, no no doubt. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it's just uh, in this game, you're right, there were uh, three different guys that they used to kind of spy Justin Fields. You saw Maddox at times used as a spy. You saw Epps come down from depth and shadow the quarterback. Uh, you saw Kaiser with eyes on the quarterback at times. So just uh, being able to But mix I thought it was pretty subtle. Like, they didn't just come and stand there. No, and that's the thing is they were... No, I, I mean... And I really like... Because I was looking for it, you know, trying to find it, and I came away thinking, boy, they didn't do, like, an obvious spy thing. Because right. sometimes you see it's so obvious there's a guy just standing right there. Yep. They didn't quite do that. Well, so I went back and forth as I was watching it because there were the... the or two, I didn't think so. Maybe sack, yeah. Two of those on third down uh, yeah. where, where Marcus Epps comes from depth. And you would say, oh, well, that, that looks like it's probably cover one robber. But... I feel like with a robber, you're stopping at what would you call that depth as a robber? You're trying to take away some of those intermediate crossers. Like well, if, if you're talking 12, about right? a safety robber, a safety robber to me is 10 to 12. Right. If you're talking about a linebacker, I would call that a lurker, and he's yep. probably five a to six. Bit right. So uh, with, with right. Epps, you would see, I mean, they would have the ball at like the, the you know, say the 20 yard right. line, right? He'd come down to the 17. He's like three yards off the right. ball. Where, where he, so I'm like, he's fine. That, that to me, I didn't right. look at that as him right. being a robber. Avante Maddox on the, the third down sack by Josh Sweat, that first one where he looped inside. Right. Maddox had eyes on him the entire way and he came in um, off the slot. So again, just kind of changing up who's got eyes on the quarterback and just kind of varying the looks from that standpoint. Yeah. Uh, and that's been a, a consistent theme over these last few weeks. And then the other interesting thing which really stood out, and I know it did to you, is they basically played, They, I guess you call Maddox a safety in this, but since he's really their slot corner, they played 18 snaps, all versus either 21 or 12 personnel. Now, you can call Maddox a safety in that because he played on the back end right. in that particular uh, you know, personnel package. Yep. But I kind of looked at it as they're playing with three corners and, yeah. and one and one safety because Epps was on the field. Yeah, and that's how I, th- I feel like um, similar to what we would have those discussions about the defensive line, uh, multiple, the, the multiple groups right, up right, front right, where you right. say, okay, you know, they're going to have different depth charts and different packages. When they're in their base defense, uh, you know, Avante Maddox is ahead of Kayvon Wallace as a, star- as a starting right. safety as a, in, the, in that base defense. When they go into nickel, that's where, hey, Avante's the number one nickel. He's going to step in right, there. Right, 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 right. As the backup safety. I thought Kayvon 
Showed up pretty well. Uh, I thought he had a pretty decent game. He, he attacked downhill uh, decisively. He had a couple of nice laps against Montgomery. He came downhill on the one Justin Fields third and one play, forcing him to bounce outside and go out of bounds. Um, they had the coverage. Uh, he had took away a crosser on uh, on one of those third down sacks. I thought Kayvon had one of his better games as a pro, probably his best game as a pro overall. Yeah, although I think by what they're doing, that they're, I think they're telling us that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Devontae Maddox yeah. more. I mean, yeah, Devontae yeah. Maddox is a good corner, right? yeah, which is yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, though, you're talking about a guy who's their, what, their, their fourth, their fifth right, safety, right? Right, right, so, right, uh, you right. Know, to get that kind of play, I think it was encouraging um, you know, from Kayvon Wallace, which, uh, again, a former fourth-round pick in year three, trying to see what, what he's got, what he's going to bring to the league. Um, yeah, I thought we saw some good things there from that standpoint. But really, this was a game about the defensive line. I wrote down. But it normally is. It is. I mean, I, They're really good. I think you good. said this last week. This is a, you talked with a coach who said that this this group, it, it starts it, with the D-line. It starts with them, yeah. Reddick, outstanding. Yeah. Sweat, outstanding. Hargrave, outstanding. Both, yeah. All three guys. I mean, Reddick has been ridiculous. He's had 24 pressures the last three weeks. That's the best three-week stretch of his career. It's, I mean, the way he uses his hands, Um, one of the, I can't remember whether there's a sack, because he has so many pressures now, as you just yeah. indicated. But um, I just remember one where he he initiated the contact and then had had the great you know um, the turn uh, the corner yeah I, I made a point um, the rip move off contact he, it was his first sack on Got first it. and ten yep. in the second quarter when he was against the tight end yeah. Yep. Yeah, he beat the tight end with an outstanding rip move off contact don't leave and I, don't leave a tight end one on one well you know I, I made a note I, I wondered if Leatherwood who's obviously not played a lot of snaps yep. for them. I wondered if he made a mistake there because he he turned inside and there was no reason for him to turn inside. I mean, I'm not saying he did make a mistake because yep. since I don't know that, I'm not looking to rip Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. You know, but I, I was wondering why he would have done that. There there were a couple of the Eagle sacks where I kind of wondered if they were messed up along yeah. the offensive line. This The second Josh Sweat sack, they had the running back lined up over, over Reddick as, right, a, as a right, wing, right? right and they, right. they used him as a chipper. Typically, the running back will line up Away from the slide, so the offense because is they slid, one way. they slid two cocks away from the, the stunt. You away are correct. Away from the stunt, and yes. so so they're sliding towards yes. that side, and the running back is over there. So yeah. you had four blockers: the center, yes. the guard, yes. the tackle, and the back against two linemen, and you had two v two on the other side. And, and it, sweat it, comes it, in it makes you think that maybe there was a mistake there, there was as well. Yeah. But the thing I typed about Reddick because you know he's just been fun to watch. He's been awesome. I said that he has active fast hands with motorcycle lean at the top of the pass rush arc to clear the edge with burst and closing speed. Because he, like he can bend. Yeah, he no can question. bend. No you know what I'm talking about, about yes. that motorcycle it's lean. Oh, yeah, that's a great call. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I, 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 I was told that by a coach, so I don't want to take credit you're for you're that. You're not taking credit no, for that. No, no, I could. No one would have known, yeah, right. but I just didn't feel right. Yeah. So a coach gave me you that. You would have known. Yeah, I would have known. known. I would have known. No, you know, I, but yeah. I do like that. I think when you're when you're looking at him too, um, you know, the the effort and the the motor shows up consistently <laughs> oh, yeah. as well. And there were a number of plays where uh, that showed up. I mean, he's really good with his hands. He's really good. And honestly, I think I've said this on the pod too. He's been so underrated against the run he's been so yeah. much better setting the edge against tight well, ends and the guy who was phenomenal with that is josh sweat outstanding josh sweat sets the edge and then squeezes inside as well as as you can do it and gets involved in the tackle yep. so not only does he take away the edge but then he squeezes hard and gets in on tackles when teams run counter schemes and g schemes yep. at that to yep. josh sweat side he does such a to what you to, to your point of squeezing down those run lengths he's not bracing for contact when a guard no, or a tackle but he's not letting you get outside of him either no so he, <laughs> right. he's maintaining outstanding leverage yep. and closing the distance that's and, that, and that's the thing is like when you watch the cowboys defense and that's a you know i don't get too far ahead of our skis here but watching that cowboys defense 
their ends do not do a good enough job right. of being able to close those lanes down. And some of those explosive runs have happened because of it. Sweat is so, so he's good. He's really that. good at that. Um, and I think I made that note as well because he's he's another guy that's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love weekly basis. Yeah. yeah. Or run game. Pass I think game. he's really good. Really good. Uh, I'm just going through my notes here to see if there's anything else. I mean, Justin Fields, uh, you kind of feel for him you know, because at the end of the day, like uh, the offensive line, we talked about the issues there. They, they, they didn't have Claypool coming in. They have Darnell Mooney's on injury reserve. They lose St. Oh, yeah. Brown. I mean, yep. he, he doesn't have a ton to work with right he now. He does not have much uh, to work with at all. The, what you said about him last week in terms of yep. just being the most electric player at quarterback in the NFL right now. I think yeah, and I still think he has a ways to go. I think he, he missed some throws he missed some in this throws game. In game, no doubt. And, and I made a note, too, somewhere. I think he doesn't see things at times as quickly as he needs to. Yep. Um, but I said he struggled at times with his eyes and where to look as far as route concept versus coverage. You know, and I think that that'll come. Yeah. That'll come. And, you know, he's just a touch, a beat late on certain things. One play I loved real quick before, unless you have anything else about the defense. Opening drive. Okay. Second and eight. They run a tight end screen to Cole Komet that goes out the back door to the left side. Looks like it's going to go for a huge gain. Uh, Milton Williams tracks the yes, play, yes, sniffs yes. the screen out. I know the play. I know the and play. And forces third and one. Yeah. Kayvon gets a TFL next play. Yeah. And then the Eagles get a fourth down stop the play after that. Yeah. That fourth down stop doesn't doesn't happen unless Milton Williams chases yeah. that screen. No, that was a was great play by Williams. Outstanding great play. play. Um, and, uh, we, you know, basically what yeah. happens uh, on game days, uh, everyone knows, if, you're, if you watch our post-game show content, I do a breakdown of the uh, the Rico review that it goes on. And we usually record that at halftime. And so during the first half, I'm watching plays and taking note of right, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's the play that I'm going to break down. And I had that play. I was going to bookmark that play because I was, you know what, that set up yep. a TFL, uh, set up a, a turnover on downs. Outstanding job by Milton Williams. And then the Jalen Hurts touchdown run happens. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do the touchdown run because it's important. We'll see how the how the offense responds uh, after that in the second half. So I ended up not breaking that down. But even going back and rewatching it play, this morning, yeah. just outstanding job. Yeah. And Milton Williams has played well these last couple of months. He definitely has. He's really upped his game over the last four or five weeks, I'd yeah, say. no doubt. Um, all right, let's get into, uh, okay, let's get into talk- Sunday. Cowboys? Yeah, or Saturday. Saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. this week. Saturday, yeah, Saturday. Saturday 4.30 uh, on Fox. We've got Eagles-Cowboys. Obviously, it's plenty America's of juice game about of the this week. game anytime yeah. these two teams play. Um, so let's talk about it. Because even like looking through the stats, looking through the numbers, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, you have teams that are, are outstanding, top five, top ten, in nearly every statistical category. Um We'll start with the Eagles' offense going up. And look, the, the Jalen Hurts injury, uh, You know, I think ultimately when you're looking at uh, the way the Cowboys want to play, we know that they are going to try and get after the quarterback. These are the two best pass rush teams in the league right. in terms of productivity, pressure, and sacks. The Eagles and Cowboys, number one and two. Eagles ahead uh, in both metrics. But um, we know the Cowboys want to do pre- send pressure, and a lot of that is going to be with stunts. They stunt 40% on, reg- on every down, and it's like 60% of the time on third down. There's a lot of movement up front. And they're pretty multiple with their front looks, yeah. too. They move people around a lot. Yep. Micah Parsons. I feel like a, that's a hallmark of like every defense now, right? It's, it's uh, hard. Some it's more a, than others. Yeah, it's, there are like, some that are static, but yeah. but for the most part, yes. I would say like most defenses <coughs> that we say are good defenses yes. now, for the most part, they're they're moving guys around. Like, Without question. Yeah. Without question. Um, I think Micah Parsons is the best pure pass rusher in the league. Yep. He's incredibly explosive. They move him around. Um, he can attack your two tackles. He can attack your two guards. He can attack your center. Uh, um, ben Fennell uh, put this out uh, earlier today on Twitter that he had, I believe it was 12 pressures in the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he had a pressure against every single one of their starting offensive linemen. Yeah. So again, just but you know, it's funny you say that because pressure is relative to me because I thought the Jaguars did a really good job of getting the ball out. So even though you might call it a pressure, it didn't really impact Lawrence because sure. they did a really good job of getting the ball Credit out. Lawrence, too, without being impacted. Right, by that. right. In fact, 
I, the, one of the notes I made watching their defense was I thought that they did not generate consistent pressure mm. where, where it impacted the game. You know, yep. pr, you know that's it's funny because pressure to me, and I know that all different websites have definitions of pressure. And to me, they don't mean anything because I have to see the plays. Mm. You know, I have to see if it's pressure because the way I was taught by people, you know, know a lot about playing quarterback and what it looks like is I have to see the play to know whether I think that's pressure. Mm. So, like, what would what would define uh, the, if a guy is pressured or not? Would it be like if he's moved off, if he is affected by it, moved off his spot? If, if he's moved or if it impacts his throw. Got it. See, if you can make your throw normally, even if you get hit after you do that, Right. It might look bad, but that's not pressure yeah. because you made your throw without the throw being impacted. I guess the question I would have then would be like, if, so if let, let's say Micah Parsons is lined up against your right tackle uh, and it's a clean win, does a great job, but like wins it as fast as he possibly can, but the quarterback wasn't affected, got the ball out as fast as possible. Do you give Parsons credit for that pressure, or do you say, "Hey, that's a you"? Great you'd job say by the Parsons offense. won, right? But I wouldn't say but that the quarter. I wouldn't say the quarterback made his throw under pressure. Got it. Yep. Those are two different things. Sure. Because yep. now you're grading the quarterback and you're that's grading the, the defensive end. Yep, I think that's, yes. uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. you always have those. Those are two different things. Plays. Look, you could take a second-level linebacker, friend, yep. and people should realize this. You could he could have a clean run at the quarterback. Okay, he will not get there with five-step top drop timing if the ball's out when right. the quarterback hits his fifth step. He will not get there. Yep. So that's not pressure. He, you know. Even though he gets a clean run, that's, yeah. so that's not pressure. The mm. ball's out. Sure. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's one of those yeah. debates that will uh, will continue on <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, when you look at this front, though, uh, like you said, you talked about Parsons and the and the way that he can win. Uh, all the different places that they line him up, all the different stunts they use. They they've got a number of guys. They they play in waves up front. Uh, Sam Williams, rookie second round pick, is starting to come on. Really coming on. You know, it, it's funny because. Down the stretch, he was on the field. So that tells you what sure. they think of him now. Yeah. Um, I remember watching his tape coming out of um, uh, Ole Miss, was it correct? Correct. And um, I remember talking to a scout, a good friend of mine. I said, man, this guy's tape is really, really good. He's the only guy I've seen. I think I watched eight or nine games of the Mississippi State tackle, Charles Cross, who, Top of course, was Seahawks, the ninth yep. pick in the draft and number one tackle on a lot of people's boards, even though he wasn't the first tackle off the board. Some had him as number one. And playing, playing pretty well, from what I hear, right? Uh, he's been they're, up and down for, recently. For, for right, right, line. right, right, yeah. right. Um, Sam Williams was the only guy in these eight or nine games I watched of Mississippi State that gave Charles Cross problems. Mm. And I loved Sam Williams. They, they moved him around even at Ole Miss. He played inside. He played outside. He's strong. He's powerful. He's explosive. Um, so I'm not surprised. But anyway, the scout told me that, oh, he's got off-the-field issues. He won't be drafted. Meanwhile, the Cowboys took him in the second round. And he's been playing a lot more snaps recently, doing the same thing he did in college. Lines up inside, lines up outside. Works really well in tandem with Parsons at times. Yep. So it's... It's been a good mix, and um, Armstrong's had a nice year for them. Fowler's given them. Yeah, them, yeah. Them, oh no, they've got a lot reps. of good players up front. Yeah, uh, Osa Diggy Zua yep. has played yep. pretty well for them inside. Was um, he a second round pick originally? He was. No, I believe he was a, a third round a third? last year. Um, he was a good he was prospect too. Yeah, coming out of UCLA. Yep. Yep. Uh, undersized defensive tackle, kind of you know more of a, a pure three technique. Um, he was a third round pick. Third round last pick, twenty twenty one. Okay. Uh, six two two eighty, quick first yep. step. Yeah, very uh, quick, very, very, very quick. Yeah. Player. Yeah. Um, no. I, 
and that's the thing is then you've got the Carlos Watkins of the world. He had a great play in pursuit this past yep. week against Jacksonville. Uh, Chauncey Golson will give them reps as kind of an inside-outside player. He's a second-year guy. So uh, they've got a young group, an active group. Neville Gallimore plays for them. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of bodies, and they'll rotate yep. in. Um, but Parsons is obviously the guy that you want to stop. Now, the key for the Eagles last time these two teams played, uh, they did a lot of read option uh, against uh, Yeah, they did. Uh, I remember. Parsons. There was a lot yeah. of RPO and a lot of read yeah. option to basically leave him unblocked and make and him And that'll be dependent we'll on who the quarterback is. Yeah. obviously yep so we'll, we'll see exactly how they decide uh, to handle that at linebacker here uh, Leighton Van Der Esch got hurt in this game yeah played only five snaps yeah played only five snaps <coughs> the rookie Damone Clark came in was, and he'd was, been playing yeah. a lot though yeah so it, it was not brand new for him right um, so Damone Clark uh, he was a. You and I both liked round, him coming out of LSU. He was a fifth rounder despite having neck surgery. He would have. He would have been, been a higher pick. He would have been a much higher pick. Yes. He he was a really really good player. Yeah. He he looked. This past week against Jacksonville, he looked a little indecisive at yep. times. But again, rookie player, that's what you kind of expect, yep. especially a guy that didn't play in the summer and you know didn't have a preseason. Um, but I think if you look at Demont Clark, the <coughs> tools are absolutely there. He's 6'2", 245. You see him run the shoot in Tampa too. You see him attack yep. downhill. Uh, he's got the size to handle contact. Um, but a young player, fast flow player that you can affect uh, if you know you, you get some of those backfield actions going. Anthony Barr, any thoughts on what you've seen from him? I know he was dinged up at a certain point. Yeah, uh, then yeah. Uh, I haven't, I haven't looked at him closely because yeah. he's missed a lot of games. Yeah. And, yeah, yep. so I haven't really seen him in great detail. And again, this is a team that loves to play a lot of yeah. big nickel. Yeah. So, oh know, well, that's and, that's and dimes yeah, as well. Yeah. So they're they're going to get some of those linebackers. I think that the um, their slot corner who replaced uh, Lewis when he went out has played well. Duran Bland. Bland has played well in my opinion. Yeah, nice pick. Uh, this he had a nice PBU as well. Where yep. He, he uh, uh, jumped a jerk. And actually, route. he played outside in their base. Well, opposite that, that's digs. A, that's a pro, that's a problem spot for them right now. Yeah, because uh, well, they don't the, want to play base, and so no. Uh, but, but well, their base being big nickel. Yeah, that's sure, that's sure, their sure. base, big uh, nickel. Yeah. I don't want people to get yeah, confused. Good, good call, but yeah. when they went conventional nickel yep. with three corners, he moved inside. inside because he's kind of their slot corner. He yeah. is their slot corner. Yep. And then they were playing Joseph, Kelly who Joseph, yep. who you know. Looking at his college, he can throw, but he has not done well when he's played, and he actually got benched for Nate Wright, who is another. Is he a second-year player? They were as a, th- a second-year player. He was a Oregon, third, right? Or Oregon State? Out of Oregon State, yeah. six foot four, one eighty-five. Yeah, I remember as watching as him as well. Corner, as big a corner as there is in the NFL. Yeah, right yeah. Guys. So they're struggling at left corner because I know this week Diggs Diggs did not match up to anybody. He played right corner. Yep, uh, and that's probably what I would expect. Yeah, I would game right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Unless I guess, you, I guess there's a chance they could go. He with could him match up to yeah. yeah. He could match up to Brown. Right. Yeah. So the question would, is, who yeah. plays left corner? Who plays the other corner spot right. for the Cowboys when they're in conventional nickel or dime? Yeah. I mean, Anthony Brown was was getting picked on as a starter to right. begin with, and so when, when he goes out, uh, it's kind of become open season. Double moves on on, yep. uh, on Kelvin Joseph Galore. Well, Jones uh, caught the touchdown. Say Jones with a double move yep. on Joseph. Yep. A little out and up. Yep. They got they got him on that one, and and Deshaun Wright, like yeah, like a big corner, but not necessarily a guy that's going to run super super well so no and he's not experienced uh, down the field yeah and hasn't played a ton yeah, of ball yeah. so um yeah they picked up Trayvon Mullen off waivers from yep. Arizona um but you know this is a guy that has not had like the uh the most sterling tape in the last couple and years no either. no because if you're cut by Arizona when they're looking for a third corner as well because obviously Antonio Hamilton beat him out and I think he was a free agent yep so obviously Mullen did not perform well in Arizona I do think that they their safeties uh, that's a that's a pretty it's good it's a good trio. group I think yeah. Donna 
Donovan Wilson is a really good player. He's having his best year of his career. He's a really good player. Shows up every week. Yep. Um, so when so Jaron Curse got hurt early, they brought him back. He was a, a key role player for them a year ago as yep. the big nickel. They brought him back to be a full time starter, and he got hurt. Was it week one? Yeah. Uh, this year, so did not play when the Eagles and Cowboys Correct. played earlier this season. Wilson stepped in as the starter and was awesome, and he hasn't left the starting no, line. So now no. Malik Hooker is now the the third safety, which right. is fine. Uh, but that that trio has it's, been a really good. It's trio. really good. Yeah, yeah. that's a good trio at safety. Yeah. So Jaron Curse, um, he is tall. He's long. He's another guy who's like, uh, what is he? He's six foot four. He's six, six four, five. about two twenty. Yeah. yeah. So you know, six four, two twenty. Uh, if you got uh, if you got right out there, they match him up to tight ends too. And yes. man, so he's the he's normally, or I should say, predominantly the tight end matchup. So that'd be the guy to watch uh, yeah. against Goddard. Uh, right. You know, and I assume Goddard months. will go this week. Right. Yeah. yeah. That would be something to watch. Uh, yeah. Certainly from a matchup standpoint. Um, anything else there uh, from the Cowboys' defensive standpoint? I mean, uh, I talked um, about some of the issues they've had against the run. That has been that has been an issue for yeah. them at times throughout the season. That's the thing is that uh, if you're looking at this defense, you say, all right, well, what are their holes? It looks like you know yards per play and you know points per game and third down they're really good and first down or in a red zone they're really good and that, that's all true. They've given up a lot of big plays. They were not very good on third down this week against the Jaguars. Right, Jacksonville yeah, was able to, yeah. to keep them on the field. Um, but overall, over the course of the season, they've been uh, they've been good on third down. Uh, top ten team on third down. Top eight team uh, on yep. third down. But. Um, yeah, I think that's big plays in the run game, big plays in the pass game, uh, but they create big plays themselves. No you know, question. It's an opportun- opportunistic defense, creates a high level of pressure, um, so you're going to get a, a variance of play They're a there. challenging defense. Doesn't mean you can't beat them, yes. but they're a challenging defense to play against. Say the same thing about their offense. It's a, it's a challenging group to yep. go up against, uh, you know, and they, they create big plays themselves. Uh, Dak Prescott healthy was not the last time these two teams played. Did not play. Rush. Uh, Dak Prescott did not play. Uh, Zeke Elliott missed a couple games uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Tony Pollard came in, and now those guys, it's damn near a 50-50 split now here, Greg, uh, between those two guys. You know, Zeke certainly How many gets, games did Zeke miss? I believe he missed two. Okay, because, yeah. you know, it's funny. I, I was just curious, so I looked up their first down rushing stats. Yep. And because and Zeke did miss two, so he'd probably be ahead. But right now, Pollard has more first down rushes than, than Elliott has, and he's much more efficient on first down. Yeah. Pollard has 107 first down rushes at 5.4 yards per rush with 16 runs of 10-plus yards, mm. whereas Zeke has 98 for only 3.9 yards per rush and only six runs of 10-plus yards. So Pollard, and you can, you can just put the tape on and see it immediately, Pollard brings much more juice. No question. Much uh, more juice. He's got, he's got really sharp feet. Yeah. Uh, the way he's got, he's an instant accelerator. Yep. But and he, one thing that's really stood out to me too is that uh, he's doing a nice, a much better job this year with his forward lean. Everything is moving forward with him. He's not getting knocked back. No, when they run, they've started to run him more inside. It yeah. seemed early in the year everything was outside. They were very segmented where yes. Zeke was inside, Pollard Correct. Outside. That's yeah. a good word. Now they're running him more inside because I think he's running harder inside. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line, uh, they lose Terrence Steele, the right tackle. Uh, so they put Tyron Smith. At right tackle. Answer. He goes to right tackle. They keep the rookie, Tyler Smith, at left tackle. And you know, Tyler Smith has improved as this year's gone on. So he gets after people in the run game, man. Yeah, I mean, he. I didn't think he'd be ready to do this right. you know, based on his college tape. Yep. And early in the season, he struggled a bit, but yeah. I think he's improved kind of meaningfully. Yeah. Now, he, Jason he, Peters also got 21 snaps at right tackle well, this Did week. you get anything from there? I didn't see if it was, like, injury-related or if there was, like, plans. Like, um, snaps I mean, obviously, it was Tyron Smith's first game back. Right. So I don't know if he was on a snap count. Yeah. You know, pitch count, as it were. Yeah, because he came out and then went back right, in. Right, right. So I don't know the in. reason, but all I know is Jason Peters got 21 snaps at right tackle. Yeah. Uh, so something to watch there. Yeah. Because the two vets, get, they'll see most of Hassan Reddick uh, in this game. Um, but 
when you get back just schematically in this offense, uh, we talk about you know run game. They're going to do some creative things. And you get those. Uh, they actually will play both guys on the field a decent amount. Yeah, it's the pony lot, package. The pony package with Pollard in motion and do different things yeah. with him. All those things will happen. Pollard's much more of the movable chess yes. piece in the pony package. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Zeke, yeah. they're going to you know mostly keep him outside. Right. Um, but <coughs> offensive line losing Terrence Steele was big, uh, but they get a little bit of a boost there with uh, with Tyron Smith back. Um, well, one thing we should mention, and it goes just back to the Eagles, is yeah. you know Jordan Davis played 14 snaps, and I don't know whether they're doing this because this is how they see him in the future, but he's getting far more snaps now as kind of a three technique four eye as opposed to a nose tackle. So I don't know if that's something that will continue. Right. Um, you know, because he, he got a couple of nose tackles. He got this a couple week where he did not last week. So right. I, I wonder. I do wonder. If right. Like so I don't know. I don't know the answer. But the yep. reason I mention that is the center for the um, uh, Cowboys, Biotish. Tyler. Yep. You know, he's not a big center. Right. And so now he's going to have to face Joseph, and theoretically and Davis. Davis. You yep. know, um, although I didn't think Davis played, and I, I would bet his his ankle's still a factor because I don't think he played with a lot of force this week. Right. You know, so my guess is it, it's probably still a factor, yep. which maybe is why he only played 14 snaps. Yeah, and that's the thing is the, you see these guys coming off injuries, doesn't yeah. mean, oh yeah, they're 100% better, right, ready right, to go. Right. Um, just getting through the, the rest of this offense. We talk about the, the running back and, and the running back position and the, the share there from a carry standpoint. Those guys nearly 50-50. When you look at targets at the receiver position, uh, that is not the case. No, no, no. <laughs> that's not no, the case. No. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has 125 targets this year. The second leading target getter in that offense has 65. That's yeah, Dalton Schultz. So uh, nearly double uh, of what uh, the next highest guy is. They, they want to get C.D. Lamb the football. And uh, talk Well, that's about, why uh, they do a number of things with him. He plays inside. He plays outside. Yep. He motions. So they're trying to find ways to get him the football. He, they don't line him up in one place. No receiver in the NFL has more yards and touchdowns off motion there than, than, uh, than C.D. Lamb. And, and he's also fifth most targets and fifth most receptions from the slot, right. even though he's not primarily a slot receiver. Yep. And that's what made it interesting is yeah. that you know if you look at the cast under uh, Kellen Moore, it was always, oh, they're, they're top five, top ten in play action and motion. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of these different things. They're actually like middle of the pack. They've like scaled back on a lot of that this year. But... When it comes to like getting CD Lamb targets, yes, they're, they're doing those things to get the playmakers. And to me, CD even before, and to be honest, you're the one who told me those specific numbers about motion. Right. I, I watched the tape, so I know he's in motion a lot. Right. I didn't know the specific but numbers. He led the league, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. But to me, he's always been a movement receiver. Yep. You want to get him on the move, sure. whether it's in motion like that where he'll get free access or just the kind of routes he runs. Mm. To me, you want to get him on the move, so crossers, you know, those kinds of routes where he's moving because I think he's really, that works against zone or man, you know, because to me, he's he's not a true vertical dimension, yep. you know, but he's very good off movement. And they do a great job of, uh, of getting him into open space. Yes, really and, good and job. I, and that's honestly one of the things I've really loved about this offense, just watching them schematically, is that I feel like that they have done a nice job, and this was with Amari Cooper as well, just finding ways to get the ball to their playmakers in space. And I, I feel I feel like that is a hallmark of all good offenses. Of course. And that's what's made them a good yeah. offense. And I think the, the one thing years. that's hurting them a bit is Michael Gallup is not quite what he was. Right, I yep. don't know if he will get back to that. He's had injuries, yep. some major injuries, but he's their boundary X. He, he's the single receiver to the short side of the field when they're in three-by-one sets. Yep. And until he had that major knee injury a couple of years ago, he was a pretty big-time vertical dimension. Right. He hasn't really been that, that since. That juice, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, but they brought in James Washington this offseason. He got hurt early. Yep. He came hasn't back played, this year. Yeah. But, had, you know, again, it's kind of limited. And I think, what he's done. I think 
they really haven't been able to find that true third receiver. Noah Brown is a nice player, yep. and he'll probably play in the league for 12 years. But I think, you know, look, they drafted Jalen Tolbert, and he hasn't really been able to show. Last year, they drafted Simi Fajoko. He really hasn't been able to show. He's reserve right now, yep. So, they signed T.Y. Hilton last week. Right. Uh, now, hope to, I don't know, does that mean he'll play this on. week? I don't. He could, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah I think, you know, they're, they're hoping for they're, something. They're, let's put it this way. They're searching for that guy right yeah. now. What I do like, too, about the, you know, just watching this offense is that uh, they also just will mix in, like, these designer plays. of like, oh, they're, they're probably going to run, run that, like, twice this year. Right. And they bust the play out, and it's like, man, all right, like, hat tip, like, good right. play. And right. It feels like they, they do yeah. that on a weekly basis. Um, and sometimes it's with Lamb, but, uh, you know, they, they ran that shovel pass to, to Noah Brown this week where they, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they have, like, these nifty plays yeah. in, the, in, the, in the back pocket where it's like, yeah, like. I mean, play. I don't view this as, as a nifty play, but. Who would have thought going into the game that you'd see double post wheel with Peyton Hendershot being the wheel receiver? Yeah, right. I mean, that, you know, again, I don't view, everybody has that in their playbook, yep. but, you know, you don't expect it to be Peyton Hendershot. Right. You yeah. know, and just, yeah. you know, again, just kind of getting into different plays with formation yep. variation yep. and the, the different motions and things like that where uh, they do a nice job of just getting their ball, getting the ball to the playmakers in Without space. Quite. And, you know, Dax made a few reckless interceptions this year, but for the most part, He's a pocket quarterback. He goes through progressions. He's strong in the pocket. He lets it all play out. He's just a really solid NFL quarterback. I think that, you know, in terms of, I remember last year before the injury, uh, you know, the midseason last year, he was just as good as yep. he had seen, hit as he had looked yep. uh, throughout his, his entire career with what he was doing pre-snap, how he was executing through the pocket. I think we've seen more of that this year. Once he, once he's come back into the lineup, uh, his ability to get through progressions, yep. his ability to, to really just manage the game from the pocket. He, he's as good as there is in the NFL from that standpoint right now. No, he's really good. And like I said, there's been a few reckless picks yep. that I'm sure he'd like to have back. But for that the most six in overtime, not being one of them. No, that was not one of them. Right. Now, oh, I wanted to ask you about that play. Yeah. I thought that was a mistake by the Jaguars' defense that actually turned into right. the winning touchdown. Yeah, I think you probably are right on that. Explain I think, why. Yeah, explain why. I think they were playing zero. Right. Okay? And I don't think Arden Key was supposed to run with, mm. with Zeke Elliott. I think he should have been part of the pass rush because Jenkins, the guy who intercepted the ball, yep. he... I, he had Elliott. Supposed to be a six-man pressure with zero behind it. And once Jenkins saw Key start to run with him, he stopped. And he just happened to be in perfect position when the ball bounced off the hands of Noah Brown. Mm. Did you see it the same way? I did. Uh, and it's funny. I, one of the things I thought, one of, our, um, one of our coaches when I worked at Temple, when I first got into uh, working in football, uh, one of the things he used to say to me, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good uh, in, in football. And that, that was the first thing I thought. But that's what I thought yeah. when I saw the play. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, but it worked, worked out in their favor. It sure uh, did, yeah. <laughs> in a big way. Uh, Jaguars getting a big win uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. But no, I, I think Dak is playing well for the yep. most part. I agree that the, the interceptions are something that he's going to try and nip, um, but I think overall... He's a professional quarterback. No he can question. beat you any given week. Yep, no doubt. Yep. Uh, and with the, with the weapons that he has at his disposal, especially, you know, with uh, with CeeDee Lamb, you get the run game in there, uh, the mix and matching of the tight ends. They're, they're missing another piece. And but. Pollard as a receiver is something that the, uh, the Eagles need to be aware with. of. Yep, no Absolutely. Doubt. Yeah. And that's the thing is that when you do see those different motions with Pollard and with C.D. Lamb, communications at a premium. And that has been a, str- a huge, huge strength yes. of this back seven. Uh, the communication on the back end has been excellent. There's a reason why they have been one of the best and, in the league at limiting those big plays, but that'll be And one thing test. to keep in mind, it's not 100% true, yep. but it's more true than not, is if you play a lot of split safety, you don't have to start changing your passing strength in response to motion. Right. Whereas if you're playing single high and you have a safety in the box, often you have to do that. Mm. So again, I'm saying that's not 100%, but it's more true than not. Mm. 
Yeah, it's uh, something to watch, certainly, yeah. going into this game. Well, Greg, uh, you and I will be back next Monday breaking this game yeah, down. The game's the game, the game this weekend's going to be weird with the games on Saturday. Yeah, a bunch you know. of games Saturday. We've got a couple on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll all adjust and uh, uh, hey, live our lives. It's <laughs> NFL foot. If, if this coming weekend's anything like this past weekend was, it'll be you're pretty not, cool. Yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah. It was a, a hell of a slate <laughs> yeah. uh, in terms of uh, NFL football this past week. Well, Greg, we'll break it down with you next week right here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the Draft Mailbag. Great stuff from Greg, who you can follow on Twitter, just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's Nose content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. You know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media, but that is one way to support the show. The best way, though, is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. Leave us a comment. I want to give a shout-out today to someone who did exactly that. Michael left a five-star review with a question saying, I thought my All-22 was stuck when I saw the Eagles run the identical play three times in a row against the Giants last week. It was before the end of the first half when they ran counter-read with Sayamalo and Calcaterra pulling for Miles Sanders. Each time, Devontae Smith was in motion. Amazingly, all three times resulted in good yardage. Michael, yeah, it does, it does happen uh, every once in a while. Certainly with this Eagles team, we've seen the, the, uh, the simplicity show up time and time again where they feel confident. When we run a play and it works, we're going to keep running it. I know Jamal Singleton said the same thing last week. Uh, we talked about that counter-read play. He said, yeah, you know what? We run a play, and the, the defense is having trouble stopping it. Guess what? We're going to call it again. Uh, and that's exactly what this offense continues to do. There are plenty of offenses around the league and around college football that will do the same thing. So, Michael, good uh, good eyes by you uh, in pointing that out. And uh, you know, the, this offense, we will continue to see that here moving forward. Great stuff there uh, from Michael. Great stuff from Greg. Thank you to all of you as well for uh, your continued support here of this show and all the rest of our podcasts with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast for everybody here at the Novacare Complex. I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.